Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! Oh, I'm sorry. I had to do something stupid again. You know how these intros go. Welcome back, folks. It's the eighth episode of the Millennial Manchild Podcast. How exciting is that? Eight more episodes than I probably ever could have imagined. So that's exciting. I love it. I hope uh, life has been treating you well since we last talked. I know it's the holidays, it's Christmas for Christ's sakes. So I hope you're feeling, you know, feeling all right. Spending some time with your family, being able to relax, hopefully get a day off of work. I know not everybody's getting a day off of work. My brother has to work tomorrow, which sucks, but, you know, you got to grind sometimes. You got to do it. But life's good. Another crazy year's almost up. Woo! It's been a doozy. Been a good one for me. Um, but yeah. Life is good, and I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're spending a little time with me, too. Thanks for listening. Uh, but as you know, this is going to be a little different. I'm going to do a kind of a, a Christmas, a reflective Christmas episode. Since I'm not having uh, a traditional Christmas, I figured I would reflect on some of my best Christmas memories and what Christmas means to me and spending time with family and the holidays and just all that stuff. That'll be the meat and potatoes of this episode. But before I get into that, I wanted to share with you folks a letter. It's a letter that I read mm, once or twice a year, probably. It's a good good reminder to me. Um, I really like it. And I just wanted to share it with you because it'll kind of tie into the stuff I talk about next week since it's like the new year. It'll be a new year when I talk to you next week, which is crazy. January 1st. So yeah, this will just tie into that a little bit and... It'll get you thinking. So just give you a little something to uh, chew on for this next week, basically. Uh, but the letter is written by Hunter S. Thompson, <clears throat> and it's to his friend uh, Hume. David Hume, maybe. I'm not sure exactly who the friend is, but the friend is asking for a little bit of advice uh, about what to do, and he's a little lost. So Hunter writes this letter to him, and I just wanted to read it to you. So <clears throat> without further ado, <clears throat> Dear Hume, You ask advice. Ah, what a very human and very dangerous thing to do. For to give advice to a man who asks what to do with his life implies something very close to egomania. To presume to point a man to the right and ultimate goal, to point with a trembling finger in the right direction, is something only a fool would take upon himself. I am not a fool. But I respect your sincerity in asking my advice. I ask you, though, in listening to what I say, to remember that all advice can only be a product of the man who gives it. What is truth to one may be a disaster for another. I do not see life through your eyes, nor you through mine. If I were to attempt to give you specific advice, it would be too much like the blind leading the blind. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take against or take arms against the sea of troubles. Shakespeare. And indeed that is the question. Whether to float with the tide or swim to a goal. It is a choice we must all make consciously or unconsciously at one time in our lives. So few people understand this. Think of any decision you've ever made which had a bearing on your future. 
I may be wrong, but I don't see how it could have been anything but a choice, however indirect, between the two things I mentioned, the floating or the swimming. But why not float if you have no goal? Why, that is another question. It is unquestionably better to enjoy the floating than to swim in uncertainty. So how does, one, how does a man find a goal? Not a castle in the stars, but a real intangible thing. How can a man be sure he's not after the big rock candy mountain, the enticing sugar, goal, sugar candy goal that has little taste and no substance? The answer, and in a sense, the tragedy of life, is that we seek to understand the goal and not the man. We set up the goal which demands of us certain things, and we do these things. We adjust to the demands of a concept which cannot be valid. When you were long, young, let us say you wanted to be a fireman. I feel reasonably safe in saying that you no longer want to be a fireman. Why? Because your perspective has changed. It's not the fireman who has changed. But you, every man in the sum total of his reactions to experience. As your experiences differ and multiply, you become a different man. And hence, your perspective changes. This goes on and on. Every reaction is a learning process. Every significant experience alters your perspective. So it would seem foolish, would it not, to adjust our lives to the demands of a goal we see from a different angle every day. How could we ever hope to accomplish anything other than general neuroses? The answer, then, must not deal with goals at all, nor or not with tangible goals anyways. It would take reams of papers to develop this subject to fulfillment. God only knows how many books have been written on the meaning of man and that sort of thing. And God only knows how many people have pondered that subject. I use the term God only knows purely as an expression. There's very little sense in my trying to give it up to you in a proverbial nutshell. Because I'm the first to admit my absolute lack of qualifications for reducing the meaning of life to one or two paragraphs. I'm going to steer clear of the word existentialism, but you might keep it in mind as a key of sorts. You might also try something called Being and Nothingness by Jean-Paul Sartre, and another little thing called Existentialism from Dostoevsky to Sartre. These are merely suggestions. If you are generally or genuinely satisfied with what you are and what you're doing, then give those books a wide berth. Let sleeping dogs lie. But back to the answer. As I said, to put your faith in tangible goals would seem to be, at best, unwise. So, we do not strive to be firemen. We do not strive to be bankers, nor policemen, nor doctors. We strive to be ourselves. Don't, but don't misunderstand me. I don't mean that we can't be firemen, bankers, or doctors, but that we must make the goal conform to the individual. Rather, make the rather than make the individual conform to the goal. In every man, genetics and environment have combined to produce a creature of certain abilities and desires, including a deeply ingrained need to function in such a way that his life will be meaningful. A man has to be something. He has to matter. As I see it, then, the formula runs something like this. A man must choose a path which will let his abilities 
function at a maximum efficiency towards the gratification of his desires. In doing this, he is fulfilling a need, giving himself identity by functioning in a set pattern towards a set goal. He avoids frustrating his potential, choosing a path which puts no limit on his self-development, and he avoids the terror of seeing his goal wilt and lose charm as he draws closer to it. Rather than bending himself to meet the demands of which he seeks, he has bent his goal to conform to his own abilities and desires. In short, he has not dedicated his life to reaching a predefined goal, but has rather chosen a way of life he knows he will enjoy. The goal is absolutely secondary. It is the functioning towards the goal which is important. And it seems almost ridiculous to say that a man must function in a pattern of his own choosing. For to let another man define your goals is to give up one of the most meaningful aspects of life. The definitive act of will, which makes a man an individual. Let's assume that you think you have a choice of eight paths to follow. All predefined paths, of course. And let's assume that you can't see any real purpose in any of the eight. Then, and here is the essence of all I said, you must find a ninth path. Naturally, it isn't as easy as it sounds. You've lived a relatively narrow life, a vertical rather than horizontal existence. So it isn't any too difficult to understand why you seem to feel the way you do. But a man who procrastinates in his choosing will inevitably have his choice made for him by circumstance. So, if you now number yourself among the disenchanted, then you have no choice but to accept things as they are, or to seriously seek something else. But beware for, of looking for goals. Look for a way of life. Decide how you want to live, and then see what you can do to make a living within that way of life. But you say, I don't know where to look. I don't know what to look for. And there's the crux. It's worth giving up what I have to look for something better. I don't know. Is it? Who can make that decision but you? But even by deciding to look, to go on a long way towards making a choice. If, you, if I don't call this to a halt, I'm going to find myself writing a book. I hope it's not as confusing as it looks at first glance. Keep in mind, of course, that this is my way of looking at things. I happen to think that it's pretty generally applicable, but you may not. Each of us has to create our own credo. This merely happens to be mine. If it is any part, if any part of it doesn't seem to make sense, by all means, call it to my attention. I'm not trying to send you out on the road in a search for Valhalla, but merely pointing out that it is not necessary to accept the choices handed down to you by life as you know it. There is more to it than that. And no one has to do something he doesn't want to do for the rest of his life. But then again, if that's what you wind up doing, by all means, convince yourself that you had to do it. You'll have lots of company. And that's it for now. Until I hear from you again, I remain your friend, Hunter. So I just love that letter. Uh, it's good stuff. has a lot of uh, deep meaning, right? Don't let your choices be made for you kind of dig a little deeper and find some of those uh, tougher questions, right? 
anyways that's it for the intro i hope you enjoyed it uh let's start the show you better watch out you better not cry better not pout i'm telling you why santa claus is coming to town he's making a list and checking it twice gonna find out who's naughty and nice santa claus is coming to town he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake he knows if you've been bad or good so be good for goodness sake oh you better watch out you better not cry better not pout i'm telling you why santa claus is coming to town so as you know i have dubbed this episode a merry reflection um i'm not going to be having a traditional christmas this year won't be hanging with my family probably my brother i'll probably see him but won't be hanging with my family. Going to be still out here in California, away from all of them. But what I decided to do, since I'm not having the traditional Christmas, is to just like have a, a general reflection of all my past Christmases and all my past experiences and like some of the best times and kind of how, I guess, the evolution of what Christmas means to me happened and all that stuff. We'll start from, you know, the younger years when it's super exciting and to the older years where it's not necessarily the excitement, but, you know, the camaraderie and being with family, all that stuff that really makes it worthwhile and very enjoyable, you know. Uh, so I guess we'll just get right into it. We'll start with um, the younger years. You know, you know what it's about. It's about the presents, people. Everybody loves the presents, right? It's... uh. It's exciting. The night before, the anticipation, what you're going to get, the idea of just like tearing into that wrapping. Ooh, that's some fun stuff. It's really tough to beat that. You know, there's a point in your teenage years where you start to like that fades and you're like, I'm not getting as many presents and yada yada. You start getting a little fucking, I did anyways, got a little ego and was like, I deserve more, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? But Anyways, there's nothing better than opening presents when you're young, especially if it's from fucking Santa. That dude, he was always killing the game. So, obviously, when you're younger, you have so much to look forward to, and it's just crazy excitement, so much fun. But I remember some of my favorite memories of, like, presents. Well, this is this is a funny one, actually. I can go into this one a little bit. Uh, when I was younger... I'm sure everybody else has kind of done this, but, uh, you know, you go hunting for presents, trying to find them a little early when it's trying to getting close to that time of year, start looking in the closet, under the bed, you know, in the basement, tucked away, wherever, garage. And, uh, this one year, instead of like hiding these presents, they had wrapped this one early and it was this, we had this massive, like huge box, probably one of the biggest box box presents that I was uh, I had ever seen at the time so naturally I was overly excited about what 
could possibly be in this box because it was heavy and I wanted to know. So I don't know if it was a week before Christmas or what exactly, but I decided to turn into a surgeon pretty much. I was going to open this present, you know, once everybody had left. I, don't, I can't remember what age I was exactly, but they had left. Parents and Cameron were gone. So I decided that I was going to get in this and see what it was all about. And I did it beautifully. Like, Mission Impossible fucking, you know, going through the lasers and not getting hit by one laser. That was me. Didn't tear a single bit of wrapping paper. It was beautiful. But the bad news is... <clears throat> Is that it was a bunch of fucking books. I mean, books are great. I still love to read. I love to read back then. But when you see a big present in your little kid, your imagination is going crazy. And it just was very heartbreaking to do that hard work perfectly. Didn't tear any wrapping paper. Really a masterful job on my part, I must say. And I was, yeah, devastated by just a bunch of books that were given to us. I don't know if they're hand-me-downs. I can't remember exactly, but that was a bummer. But still, presents were the best. I love the Hot Wheels. I got a Super Nintendo. That was a highlight. Great present. Um, used to always get a Guinness Book of World Records for some reason. That shit used to be hype back in the day. Don't, you know, better believe that reading about Guinness Book of World Records, that was the real deal. That was fun stuff. But yeah, you know, slamming children's wine, that was another highlight. We couldn't drink when we were kids, but they would, you know, the adults would lie to us and give us like that Welch's grape, that sparkling juice, and be like, oh yeah, here you go. Children's wine, have at it. Live the dream. Speaking of which, I actually have some right here because, you know, trying to get in that reflective state. They say smells and tastes can really bring you back, so had to get some of that. Cheers. But, you know, it was fun when you're a kid. Just, every, you're oblivious to everything. You don't have to buy anything. Nothing, no expectations of what you're supposed to do or whatever. So it's great. It's just, you know, Christmas is just a special time pretty much when you're a young kid, I have to say. Um, another great memory, which is also hilarious in my opinion. Uh, <clears throat> I can't remember how old I was. Maybe eight or nine again can't remember but I uh, one year had decided that I was about I was gonna catch this Santa guy you know um, I just I just had to figure it out I kind of been hearing some rumors maybe at this time in my life hearing some rumors about the big man not being real and that wasn't cool with me I had to you know I had to find out so I can't remember if I had stayed up all night exactly or if you know, maybe had an excited bladder and woke up at like 4.30 in the morning. I can't remember exactly. Maybe I heard a bump in the night. But long story short, I catch my, my dad bringing in presents. And for a split second, since he was wearing his like long johns, his long johns red, like red pajamas, uh, I thought for a split second it was actually Santa, you know, as a young child. But... As I saw him walk away, butt flap was down. Yeah, so quickly learned it wasn't Santa and that Santa wasn't real, but was still very appreciative of the presence and, you know, had to keep it low key for Cameron. The the young blood, you know, he needed to 
keep let him have it for a little bit longer, right? Let him have it. But yeah, good times, always good times. Uh, you can't beat it when you're young, but it gets it's just as good when you're older, just for different reasons, right? Um, for me, as I got older, it was all about spending time with the family. That was very important. It's hard to get everybody together often, and everybody, you know, pretty much gets Christmas off, which is awesome. Uh, except for my brother. He has to work tomorrow, which sucks. But most people get Christmas off, and it makes it a little easier to uh, meet up, and that's why it's such a great time to get the family together. Um, and I've definitely had some of my favorite times and memories on Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, just hanging with the family. Uh, a couple that come to mind are a few years back, we went to a Chiefs Raiders game on Christmas Eve, which was, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> which was great because we had actually gotten, I don't know if they're box seats, I don't know exactly how to describe them. They were, they were nice seats though, you know, they had like, uh, we were, had our own little private area, we had a little bar that was there so we could make our own drinks and stuff, and uh, we had, they were awesome seats basically, and it was, it ended up being a fun game, but it was really cool because I was able to, you know, have some fun, get some drinks and hang out and have a good time. Uh, it was a kind of a boring game. I think the Chiefs ended up losing fucking 10 to 13 to the Raiders, which was definitely a bummer. But uh, the, the most hilarious part about it all is I end up having to to drive after the game. Even though, you know, I've had a few drinks myself. I wasn't going crazy. Uh, but I end up having to drive us home back to Topeka to, to where we're staying uh, because, you know, some of the family members got a little too excited, a little too much Christmassy fun. And that happens. Uh, who doesn't like to have a little too much fun? But yeah, had, had to drive us through that crazy fucking parking lot. Not fun. Chiefs parking lot, that shit's a nightmare after the game. But yeah, that's a great memory. Also, just in general, like, we would play a lot of poker uh, around Christmas time. Me and the cousins and the uncles play a lot of poker. And that was always fun. Um, I didn't always win, but when I did, uh, that was always way more exciting than the losses. It's it's funny because the cousins would typically just try to take advantage of me. They knew that with Christmas coming, the the young buck was gonna be a little flush. Was gonna have uh, gonna have some money, you know, to spend to uh, indulge in these uh, late night festivities with them. And obviously, being the rookie. Uh, would get drunk easier, could get a little sloppy at times, who knows, uh, but they loved it, and I loved having uh, those nights with them, just you know, dealer picking the card game, going around, don't playing all kinds of different stuff from in between the sheets to shit on your neighbor, so many fun games, so many great memories, and uh, it is a little bit of a bummer that I can't hang out with everybody this year, but um, it's okay, because I'm doing what I want to do out here in San Diego still, trying to make some dreams come true, Loving being out here, and I'll, I'll be back next year, ideally. That's kind of been one of the things that I've learned, uh, or decided, not learned, but that, that I decided this year a little bit is that I'm going to try and plan a little better so that I can go back next year. Just to make a point of it, because it's been a little while, and it's always good to get back with the family, and that's a great, you know, it'll be the easiest time to do it. And 
yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but that's really, what else? Is that really it? No, oh, this isn't really having to do with like how I feel about Christmas or whatever, none of that stuff. It's a, it's just one of the best Christmas moments. Um, it's really, me- it's a little messed up too, but it's hilarious. Uh, uh, what was it? Oh, every year, um, in our stockings, we always put lottery tickets in there. It's a common thing. I'm sure a lot of people do it. Maybe it's not common. Maybe it's just uh, something that us white trash people do. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm not white trash. Look at me. (laughs) Not at all. But, uh, you know, always putting lottery tickets in there. It's always fun. Sometimes people win like a hundred bucks. So that's crazy. That's exciting. Whatever. Well, this one year, uh, my aunt or my uncle, I can't remember who it was, decided to get some of those fake lottery tickets, right? (laughs) <laughs> the ones that scratch it off and boom, little $1 ticket, you win $10,000. So they, or she put it in my cousin Jared's stocking. And he was probably my age. So he's probably 27 when this happened. And uh, he, he he's scratching his tickets, nothing, you know, scratching nothing, scratching it, nothing, no winners. And then all of a sudden you hear him go, Holy shit. Huh? Holy shit. Holy shit. I want $10,000. I want $10,000. He's like losing his mind, right? Like he thinks he won $10,000. And you know, if that happened to me at the same time, we were probably in the similar situation, right? We're not doing, you're not killing it financially. $10,000 is a game changer. So this poor, this poor bastard thinks he just won, you know, a, a fairly life changing amount of money on Christmas after he just spent a bunch of money on gifts and shit. Oh, so heartbreaking to watch him find out that, and hilarious, because everyone else is laughing. This, obviously, sorry, Jared, but everyone else is dying because, you know, just the excitement and the the devastation afterwards. That's some of the best stuff that's funny. That is some of the funniest stuff is like, you know, when a dude's like trying to balance on a rail and he slips and just hits himself in the nuts, right? That's, everybody laughs at that shit. So, yeah, that was, that's another fun little memory. Uh, I guess all I got here, the last I will, I'll leave you all with. So you can get back to your families and have a great time with, uh, with them. Uh, is, do you think that there's any Santa truthers? You know, there's these flat earthers, these 9-11 truthers. Are there any people out there that are like, nah, man, it's all a conspiracy. Santa's real. Santa's real, bro. You better believe it. I mean, Mrs. Claus, they can't just make up Mrs. Claus, the reindeer. No, dude, reindeer are real. They just, he just got some magic ones, bro. And also, the earth is flat and the moon's made of cheese. So, whatever. I'm just saying, I think Santa's real. I don't believe in those other conspiracies, but... I think something's gonna, I don't have a tree, but I think I'm gonna get a gift from Santa tomorrow. Well, at least I, I better I better get something. That motherfucker owes me a lot. Because I'm out here saying that he's real still at 27. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, you guys have a great day. Merry Christmas and enjoy the holidays. Rockin' around the Christmas tree, let
Well, folks, that's pretty much it for the show for today. I hope I didn't bore you too much with my random Christmas memories and just talking about how fun Christmas has been for me in my life and what it means to me, but it was good for me since I want having that traditional Christmas. It was nice to reflect and just think back about some good times that I've had. Uh, also, hope I didn't bore you too much with that uh, letter that I was reading. I know it was a little long, but it's a really good letter, and I really like it. But I understand if it was a little painful. It reminded me of, like, fifth grade social studies class, trying to read out loud. I'm over here, uh, boo, uh, boo. Like, so I get it. it not my best performance, I'm sure. I probably could have done that a few more times. Eh, you know, I'm lazy. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. But what else? Oh, real quick. I just wanted to... Uh, Talk shit on people who save spiders, right? Who are these people? Why? You're not changing the world by capturing a spider inside your house and putting it outside. It's delusional. If a spider is inside in my house, it's in my domain, it's dead. And the only reason I say this is because I caught a few spiders trying to sneak in. It's getting a little cold outside. They're trying to find their way inside. Not on my watch. I will murder the fuck out of a spider. <laughs> do not care every time don't even think twice about it don't even feel bad about it I actually usually am excited feel like i did some good when i kill a spider but that's just me anyways uh hit you with the recap of the weekly challenge the weekly challenge went good i was uh staying on the journaling i think i wrote in the journal four times which is pretty good it's hard to journal every day i don't have something to say every day in the journal typically but i got some good good entries in there and the exercise I went for five times, which was nice. I'm getting back into the swing of that, trying to stay on top of myself, not letting me slide back into those bad habits. Really easy to do that, especially as the end of the year is coming. I'm just like, oh, I can take it off and I'll start again on the new year. You know, don't fall into that trap. Just just stay with it. And that's, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm working on. So it's been good. The weekly challenge this week, I'm actually going to take a week off, I've decided. Not from running, I'm still going to try and do all this stuff, and I'm still going to take, you know, try and record the podcast and go do stand-up, blah, 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 but um, I'm not going to give myself a challenge, per se, this week. I'm going to think about it and kind of maybe revamp it a little bit for the beginning of the new year. Uh, maybe do a monthly challenge or try something a little different. I want it to be a little more meaningful, maybe a little more in-depth. I don't know. We'll see. I've got some ideas. I'll share them with you on the next podcast, I'm sure. 
that's the plan. Um, but yeah, life is good. 2017 is coming to an end, people. It's crazy. This year flew by. They continue to seem to go just faster and faster. Um, hit a lot of fun milestones this year. Very excited. One of my best years yet, I have to say. I hope it was a good year for you too. And if not, don't let it keep you down. Don't let it keep you down. 2018 is on the way, and it can be a much better year. You can help dictate that with your attitude and, you know, just setting some simple goals. And that'll probably be what I talk about a lot uh, on the beginning of the new, the, the new year, the new podcast next year. Uh, yeah, I'll be talking to you guys in 2018 next time, which is pretty exciting. Um, so hopefully everybody has a great and safe holiday. I hope you were able to spend time with your family and friends. And that you had some fun. Maybe you got some cool presents. Whatever. But yeah. Uh, if you like this episode, share it with your friends. Rate, subscribe, like, you know, whatever as always. Uh, thanks for listening. Manchild, out. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be Next year all troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Next year will be miles away Once again as in olden days happy golden days of your